Hello and welcome to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. And joining me today for her fifth time on the podcast, it's only Lily Nolan and she's here to talk about the 1993 sci-fi action film Jurassic Park. So stick around, we hope you enjoy You're back on with a proper movie, a proper movie. None of this, none of this based on a book kind of stuff. This is real proper movie stuff. Oh my god, Gary, I have something terrible to break to you about this movie. What? No. <laughs> yeah. Not the dinosaur film. No. <laughs> You're right, Gary. Today we're talking about what year was it? 1993, a sci-fi action film, Jurassic Park. Yeah, based on. The book. Based on a bleeding book. You it's tricked based me. On a you god done tricked me. It's based on a book. This time, I thought we'd mix it up and we'd go for a book that we both read. Um, yes, this is I've read. I've read this book. This is wild. This is one of the only, yeah. this is one of the most, like, this is one of the very few non-James Bond books I've read. So Probably, is, like, countable on one hand. Do autobiographies count? Because <laughs> I've read Michael McIntyre's autobiography. That's not a James Bond book. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Then, then what do we extend it to six books that you've read? If we count the Michael. Uh, also, I also had to read through the dishwasher manual the other day because we didn't know how to fucking do, like do a thing. Does that also count? That's a book with words. I think it's like point two five of a book. I'll give you. Okay, that. fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Read a few more manuals. Yeah, might add up to one. Excellent. Yeah. So this is a book, and it's a good book, and an, in it's my a opinion, really good an book. even better movie. Yeah, oh, brilliant. You know they wrote the mo- they made the movie before the book was released. Yeah, because your man Michael yeah. Crichton, is that his name? Uh, the book's yeah. still called Jurassic Park. Uh, but he, he did the he did the, the, the screen, he like helped collaborate on the screenplay. Uh, but he sold the rights before the book even came came out. For like 1.5 million quid before the book was even written. He was like, it's got to be great. And everyone was like, gotcha, you're right. Sure. And, and he Here's got merchandising as well. Yeah. He um, got merchandising as well? Uh, no, not... Not merchandising of Jurassic Park, but I think like a percentage of something as oh, well. Jesus. For, uh, compared to his own Because I know, I know James Cameron. I don't know. No, I, I know James Cameron tried to bid for it. Because uh, yeah. James Cameron heard about the book and was like, I would like to buy this movie. And mm-hmm. then they were like, no, no, it's uh, Spielberg's already done it. It wasn't just like he was like, I'm going to try my hand at this writing thing and someone's going to buy it for 1.5 million quid. He was quite an established science fiction like writer. Very exciting. Yeah, he's a big... Um, He's a man who likes science but hates uh, scienceism, I guess. Yeah. Science, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't like the business of it and this like science without limits. And he goes on a lot of rants in the book that like not even a fraction of what appears in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he said something like twenty five percent of the actual novel shows up in yeah the movie. But that's because but... they made the movie based on the outline of the novel, not yeah. on the novel itself. So is this why you picked the movie because you hate science? Um, no, I don't, I mean, I hate science for other reasons. I'm not like against yeah. the idea of science. I'm just yeah. not about to go study it ever, ever again. Once was yeah, enough. Thank oh, you very you much. Were, oh, do you remember that time? What was it? It was around Christmas time. You were just, uh, you'd had a few bottles of wine. You were just screaming about how the earth is flat <laughs> and that, yeah. um, yeah, we, there was no such thing as evolution. I'll, I'll convince you one day that the earth is flat, Gary, and then I will push you right off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually just your apartment balcony. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I well I, I chose this because we both read the book and I thought yeah. that we could mix it up but also because um I just love this movie it's one of my super favorite movies top movies of all time movies and then sometimes I forget about it and every time I watch it I'm like god damn it this is so good and there's so yeah. many like bits in it and it, it was like it's one of those movies and you kind of you don't want to go to Jurassic Park but you're looking at it and you're like that's kind of cool I kind of want to go to Jurassic Park yeah, it is. Like, uh, not to mix around too much, but like, it's weird because watching this one, I could never understand how it would be a park. But it's weird. It's something that Jurassic World did quite well, where it really fleshes out how it could operate as a park. Because in my opinion, this movie doesn't do a good job. Like, you're just, it looks like you're on a Jeep. You're just sitting on a Jeep for the majority <laughs> of your trip. There may or may not be dinosaurs, but you're going to pay Maybe. 10 grand to go there. Yeah. Uh, whereas at least in, but like, in Jurassic the 90s, World, they were that like, would have been, been amazing. Like, you're looking at oh, it yeah, in but... your 2021 20, eyes, you know, Gary? When Back when we used to, like, like petting zoos, a petting zoo of dinosaurs would have been unreal. Oh, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Fair. But, mm-hmm. like, I want, I, want, I want some Wi-Fi 
Uh, I want some Samson <laughs> sponsored huts. I want to. Uh, what else? I feel like they just, there's not too much in the Jurassic World one, is there? Like that's different. It's you want to? Anyway. There's um, there's like a lot of like, there's an equivalent of Sea World. That's in Jurassic World, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like, like they watch the I wanna, water I dinosaurs. I want to see a large amount of meat like dropped in, like so this big sea monster comes up and catches it. Yeah. But anyway, that's a podcast for another. You day. want a I'm lot of branding. Distracted. I want so much branding. <laughs> Uh, I, anyway, so yes, uh, we're talking about Jurassic World. Also, to um, mention, it's your fifth time on the podcast. Thanks for coming back. We haven't scared you away. I say we. Thanks I'm for having me. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I haven't been scared off. I um, we're still friends outside of the podcast. We're still friends. Like, I, like, I, we I did. I did a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies podcast, and you're still talking to me. This is great, and you haven't. You I haven't, haven't listened to it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I haven't me. listened you, to it. You get name checked so fucking much. Like, it's <laughs> hilarious. Because uh, like... I think at multiple points, we're just like, Lily's not going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, for the listeners who don't know, there's like a large, like, chunk of our text conversation for a few days is me just going, I'm not going to listen to it. And I just can't even believe that you chose to do this and insult me in this way, Gary. And you being like, you should watch this movie. You need to watch this movie. Watch Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's a fantastic. Which... It's a it's a great movie. But look, we're here talking. We're talking. I'm getting <laughs> Sorry, so distracted. Yeah. This is it's on Monday evening. It's hey, been a long day. Hey Gary, why don't I summarize the movie Jurassic Park's plot for you? <laughs> yeah, if you just to want, actually, I gotta go, go to bed. If you just want to keep doing this, <laughs> I'll just edit I... in. I'll just edit in my audio from other podcasts. Where I'm like, yeah, no way. Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> future Gary. Um, yeah. I feel like Netflix described this movie best, though, and I've fully stolen my description from the, like, little Netflix summary. Excellent. Or no, sorry, it was Prime, because I watched it on Prime, yeah. the little Prime summary. It's just, their their description of this movie is, dinosaurs run amok in Tycoon's theme park. They're not wrong. They're not, not th- there we go. No, I'm not wrong. I'm, I'm correct. The movie basically boils down to this. Um dinosaurs they're having a bit of a wild time they go a bit crazy there's a few consequences it does Uh sound like you're talking about dinosaurs on spring break (laughs) that's kind of what this movie is though oh my god it so is except they just get mad hopped up on lysine Uh, yeah okay so do you want to yeah so is there anything else that people need to know before we talk about Um, this movie that people that may have not seen this movie the yeah whatever people are left in the world that haven't seen this movie um go watch it now but also listen to the podcast because if you don't know what it's about you haven't you must have been living under a rock there are these people dinosaur people and they go or well so there's a there's a rich man who really likes dinosaurs and money and extravagance and he decides he's gonna clone himself some dinosaurs (laughs) i mean wouldn't be surprised if that's in the news next week (laughs) Anyway, so rich white man with a lot of money to spare decides to clone dinosaurs. Can't, couldn't possibly think of a problem with that. He wants to open a theme park to make himself more money and just for like the rich white man extravagance of it all. Um, buys himself an island in Costa Rica. Um, and then, uh-oh, a man gets eaten by one of the dinosaurs. Who would have seen that coming? And they have to do an inspection of the park. So his investors demand he goes and finds proper science people to come and have a look at this and tell him what the deal is. So they get um, two actually qualified people, paleontologist Mm -hmm. and paleobotanist, Alan Grant and um, Ellie Sadler. And they come and and, uh, his lawyer, his lawyer's coming as well because the lawyer has to oversee it all. He's the one who's freaking out. And um, then, you know, they go for uh, Jeff Sexy rugged Ian Malcolm. (laughs) Yeah, sexy rugged young Jeff Goldblum, aka Ian Malcolm, who was a chaos, chaos station. It's not a real, it's not a real word. Yeah. Um, which seems out of place, but also perfectly on brand for the running of this park. And yeah. they have to come and have a look and make sure it's safe. And he just thought that, like, for the lols, while these guys are checking out the safety, he'd invite his grandkids for a bit of a tour. They go, they arrive. Everyone's a bit, like, amazed by the dinosaurs, as they would be, because they didn't know they were going to see live dinosaurs. Yeah. And then they're, like, they're all taking a tour, and then things start to go wrong. Because... um. The programmer is trying to steal the dinosaurs, so he turns off all the, like, uh, cages and fences and stuff, and uh, there's a big storm, knocks some other things out, and just perfect storm of everything together. Uh, chaos ensues, and the dinosaurs get out, and people get eaten. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it's, uh, like, I think I think the one thing I kind of picked up from it was how how Spielberg it is as well. Like, it's it's kind of, it's, ra- it's a rare... Not rare, but it's 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 been a while since I've seen a movie. 
that like a more recent movie come out I'm like that's Spielberg where I watch this and I'm like oh this is a great Spielberg movie I don't think he's done anything like not as good as it's since but it's just like man it's great to see like peak Spielberg yeah it is it's very peak Spielberg very peak Spielberg um, this was Tricky. like after this was in between E.T. and Schindler's List uh, if my timelines on the internet are correct yeah he shot this uh, he shot Schindler's List directly after this and then went back to do The Lost World which is I think I think it's no, uh, no. It he, didn't. Only... he took he took a four year break because he made so much money off all that run oh. of movies, and then he went back to the Lost World. So I, I didn't mean immediately. I meant oh, then yeah, he yeah. went and did. But yeah, he made. Uh, I I saw this here. He it, so the movie itself made something like, um, it made four hundred and two million dollars in the U.S. and then went on to gross over a billion dollars worldwide. Which and then it, I think at the time it unseated. Was it? I don't know who it. It became the it became himself. The most... He unseated E.T. Oh, was E.T.? Was it E.T.? I think so. That was yeah, the, I, th- I can't remember what it was. Anyway, so then it became the, the, the what you call it, the highest grossing movie of all time. And then that was undone by Titanic, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. But it's funny, so he, because of all the back-end deals or whatever the fuck he made from it, he made, directly from this movie, $250 million, which is That's the most so individual. It's the largest sum any individual has made from a movie. So, wow. not including, like, Robert Downey Jr. getting paid a shit ton for all the Iron Man shit. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? And- can you just ridiculous that's so much money you that's so much money and that's not even like anywhere near jeff bezos money but um that's a lot of money holy shit but you know that like this movie was like set up for like merchandising and everything like they were you know when they like shoot the gift shop and stuff that was all like merch they had ready to go and it really has like spanned a whole like i don't know like Era is not even the right word because it's like longer than an era of people wanting Jurassic Park t-shirts and merch and it like revitalized dinosaurs. There was like a spike in people wanting to be paleontologists and stuff after this. Yeah. Uh, and general strangely dinosaur enough, love. Strangely enough, all the chaos statistician courses were just, <laughs> nobody went anywhere near them. Uh, mainly because yeah. they didn't exist, but uh, they were quite upset. But it's, it's weird about the chaos. Jeff so, Goldblum's like, like me. No one wants to be like me in this movie. All right, <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah it's a bit so like I will I don't really remember the book that well uh, if I'm honest I know you read it more recently I than do. I did but um, I'd say the one best thing about this movie is it just cuts out so much of the faff uh, like it like I remember there being chapters and chapters about chaos ma- mathematician and statistics and all this load of stuff where at least this you just get Ian Malcolm with some droplets of water in this one and you're just like yeah I understand moving on <laughs> yeah they put a lot of it into the beginning like I think in the book um Hammond doesn't tell them as much about how they make the dinosaurs and stuff so they have to really like work out for themselves how that what could have gone wrong with the dinosaurs to make them breed and all that um in the book but obviously in the movie they're just like we spliced it with a frog and the, they're all like you did a what now <laughs> yeah because there's that like there's that like cartoon mm-hmm. explanation of, how, of the whole mr dna um, and it does it's great because it probably cut out maybe six to seven chapters of the book <laughs> I just Although- have this like Although one thing that I love in the book is how they work out um, how many dinosaurs there are. There's like the there's this bit, a great bit in the book. It doesn't happen in the movie at all. It's not really relevant. Where like in the book they run counts all the time of how many dinosaurs they are, and that's how they know if any have died, and that's how they're like absolutely positively convinced that they're not breeding. Uh, yes, I remember. And then they realize that the whole time the computer has been more concerned about who's dying, so it's only pulling back. You're telling they're telling it make sure there's three hundred dinosaurs, and it's like got all three hundred, but it's not checking if there's more than three hundred. And then suddenly yeah. they realize the like numbers of like raptors and stuff are just going crazy. And there's all this weird stuff in the book about like the raptors preparing to migrate and how the dinosaurs have already kind of made it off the island. Uh, and that yes. they use that, yes. I think, in the later movies. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember the opening of the book being fantastic. Um, I was really enjoyed it because it, it kind of, it doesn't tell you it's a dinosaur straight away. It kind of, yeah. I, I, obviously it's a fucking book called Jurassic Park and there's a the dinosaur in the cover of it. But there's just this whole, like, there's this village on the outskirts of the island and someone's been attacked and nobody knows how. It's, re- it's really, like, mm. I, I, the book is fantastic. It is quite good. I know I keep shouting on about how there being a lot of faff in it, but it is still a very good book. Uh, and I think yeah. the first scene of this movie does a great job of setting up that tension of like oh my god these are very dangerous things i was so scared the first time i watched this movie so scared and i'm not alone in that like it is like very thriller-esque when like <laughs> do you have like a therapy group do you have like a group where you all get together <laughs> we have to people who are terrified of jurassic park <laughs> like i watch it now and i'm like obviously i'm not scared but i think 
I mean, I wasn't like, even do you that sometimes young when I see Sam it. Jackson's hand or arm in other movies, and it just gives you horrendous like flashbacks? I was wondering. We were we went to go see uh you know one of the Avengers movies, and it, like Nick Fury shows up on screen, and you literally sprinted out of the theater. It was very strange. We thought you had some weird sort of. I thought you, you were going to go with a different story there about when we went to see it because I'm bad at watching scary movies. Like I'm really bad at watching scary movies. About. 20 minutes into the It movie, you were like, why did you even bother to come? Oh, yeah. Um, you were just like, you were viewing the fibers of your scarf more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then myself and John saw the second one and both of us were that scared and it was a bad thing. <laughs> really, you really should have come with us. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm really bad at scary movies. So when I was like 15 and I watched this for the first time, because we did it in film studies in transition year in school. Oh, class. Um, I was scared, scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's jump scares. Jump scares are kind of always scary if you've never seen them before. I think that's um, true. That is true. how I'm defending myself on this. That's that's you know yeah. Um, okay, so what I think I might do is because you know my horrendous habit of changing people's names throughout the like a podcast. Of course. Yep. Uh, yeah, my name uh, as well. I, I'll be different by the end. Yeah, I'll be referring to you as Samantha Jackson. Um, so I suppose we have the first person we could talk. He he is the I don't know. Uh, he's the first first build person, but uh, clearly the T Rex is the star. But we'll talk about human man Sam Neil as Doctor Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. He's great. I love him this. He's, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I kind of dress like this. I kind of dress like a mix of these characters. I realize watching this movie. Um, you, you do always seem to have a very large, out-of-place leather jacket, but then also happen to wear a hat that looks fantastic. <laughs> yep, that's it. I'm mixing those styles all the time. Yeah, um, yeah so he's our, like, cine- like kind of gruff paleontologist. Like, he's not into computers, and he's not into technology, but he just likes to dig and find dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, but he's very knowledgeable, and... Um, yeah, he and then we have our paleobotanist, Dr. Ellie Sadler, played by the fabulous Laura Dern, who is so good in this. I forgot so how good, good she was as a character and the actress oh, as well. Yeah, I'm and on, I love I'm her. Big, like, I'm on a big, I'm a big Laura, Laura Dern fan these days. Um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely adore her, and I get out, get out. How dare you! Um, no, because there was one year she was in she was in Marriage Story and Little Women in one year, and like it was just ah oh, anyway she's great, but she's fantastic in this. I'm pretty sure that she got like blacklisted in Hollywood after this for something. She and did no, do... it was something else. It was some, she did yeah. some sitcom. I think it was Ellen. She played Ellen's yes. girlfriend. Yeah, and she got completely blacklisted. But like she's come back now. She did, like I said, Marriage Story, Little Women. She's also in a few other things. Oh, she was a horrible addition to Star Wars. Um, yeah, the bad yeah, one, the the mm-hmm. the bad one that was part of the new trilogy, but not the worst one. Um, uh, so she's not like so she's good in it, but a horrible character. Yeah, she was really um, bad at leading people, wasn't she? In that new Star Wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she's great in this. Uh, also, like probably the most memed, uh, probably yeah, probably the most memed actor in this entire movie. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum as Doctor Ian Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm. Uh, he who's uh, like. It's it's weird seeing him in this and knowing he goes on to do Thor Ragnarok because he's just like I imagine watching this you're like he's a bit weird and then you see him in like Thor Ragnarok and like yeah no this is this is this is I could see this this was the trajectory Jeff Goldblum was going it doesn't on. you don't even have to be it doesn't even have to be Thor Ragnarok you just watch like almost anything else he's done and you're like ah yes Jeff Goldblum um also Laura Dern is in Big Little Lies and she is I was sorry that was just bothering me I was like there's something else that I saw her yeah, in yeah I knew just, there was something else she was unbelievable in, and it's Big Little Lies because that was the year she was just winning everything. Yeah, that was this was that was part of the resurgence of Laura Dern. It was the uh, a new Dern. <laughs> it was a new a new Dern for Laura Dern. Um, so and then you've also got uh, Santa Claus himself, Richard Attenborough, who plays John Hammond, uh, who's also fantastic in this as well. They're, they're the cast, like, I, I just a brief aside in that how the cast are great, the effects are great, the story's great, the action's great, the sets are great. Like there is like very little to flaw with this movie I've got bits to say but um, it's still a fantastic movie uh, all around and Richard Hammond uh, sorry Richard Attenborough is, uh, as, uh, Richard John, Hammond is a Richard Hammond is a different man he's very different but he's great he, I, I know uh, I know uh, Spielberg or it was Crichton or was one of them said like he's pretty much to play like a dark Walt Disney where he's just got such vision he's got this dream about how the park works but like whereas Walt Disney was just like a bit more like I want kids to have fun John Hammond's like, I want kids to have fun, but they might die. But look, it's fun. Um, <laughs> but it'll be different. He... It'll be kooky and different. Yeah. In the monkey's <laughs> worse, though. 
Orla Point is. Oh, he's so much worse in the book. Oh my god! And and uh, spoilers for the book alert: he dies in the book, not in the movie, but in the book. He dies, and it's a weird, dark kind of character mm. arc scene. That's yeah. a bit like he gets left alone, doesn't he? Like they leave. Him he's to die like or he's something? just refusing. He's refusing that's to do what it. anyone says, and he's refusing to listen. He's refusing to close the park, and he falls down, and then he's like attacked by all these little yes. dinosaurs, and they eat him. But the whole the time, it's like in his head where he's like. I'm fine. This is fine. And he just keeps going. He's like, it's going to be great. I'm going to change this and I'm going to fix it. Like he's like relentless until he's absolutely yeah. dead. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, bit dark. I forgot about that. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of other people that I, uh, I don't know who that, oh, there's the two kids, Joseph yeah. Mazzello as Tim Murphy and Ariana Richards as Lex Murphy. And yeah. um, not annoying kids. It's very no. rare to find not annoying kids in movies. They're good. And you know, the anecdote, right? The famous one that she, the girl got the part because, um, uh, they like Spielberg was watching audition tapes of the kids and in the audition they just had to scream basically and and yeah. she was the one that she, like when he was watching her tape his wife got up from being asleep came downstairs and thought something was wrong with their kids she was ah, screaming and it, she was so effective no, I've yeah. never heard that I, th- I thought I read something about one of them being rejected for Hook and and Spielberg maybe. being like I, I maybe it was the maybe it was the young lad I can't remember what it was like oh no I, don't worry I'll cast you in something else and it was this I can't remember I didn't I don't remember uh, yeah. I, I read it somewhere in my trivia trivia hunt like I do with most of these movies um, and um, they they swap the ages of the kids in the book in the book they're much younger which makes it a bit creepier are they? they're younger yeah she's a, she's a little girl who basically the, oh, who cat, yes, who's that, way too young to do anything and yes, the boy's about that, the same age so, so they made the girl a bit older to make them more self-sufficient a little bit I, I, um, I like them with this because they don't do any oh, yeah, stupid they're great. kickings they're, they're actually like they, they seem smart. self-sufficient yeah they're smart. They're not panicking. They're they're cool kids. And uh, then we've got um, Lily Nolan's biggest nightmare, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> I love as, Samuel L. Jackson. As Ray Arnold. Like, you just forget he's in this. Like, I know he's I know. in it, but you just kind of forget every time. You're always surprised that, like, I, I feel like if you said to people, like, is Sam Jackson in Jurassic Park? You have to think about it for a bit because... <laughs> You're just not a lot entirely of people will sure. Go, no, he's not one of the paleontologists, and then they'll yeah. go, "Oh, wait a second. Although I would have loved if it was like I don't know, like uh, like Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Sam Jackson as like instead of Ian Malcolm, Malcolm, just like going around, yeah. <laughs> just being like, "Fuck this back." <laughs> he's just going around, like I'm imagining the chaos theory, like explanations via Pulp Fiction, Sam Jackson. Yeah, they're very uh, scary. <laughs> Um, and uh, also who we got here we got Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry now I I don't know what the noise is but I'm gonna play the Gary has met this person in real life and it's one of a very short list of actors that Gary's met so he's gonna make a big deal of it I've met Wayne Knight yeah I've met him when and where so this is a phenomenally shite story Um, so it was very weird to see him because I literally rented like Seinfeld it was the entire like all the seasons of Seinfeld on box set from my, my local library because uh, the other way sometimes you can't rent like to buy old TV series always, it's like the way you know the way like currency and like go, like gold prices will always like inflate and shit like yeah. that the price of the Father Ted DVD box set will always be somewhere between 25 to 20 quid it's always yeah. that it never goes down or up in price it is consistently that it's price. actually it's actually how they set currency standards I'm pretty sure that's how they do it like you could never invest in Father Ted DVD box <laughs> sets because they're going to stay the same price uh, but it, I remember always seeing Seinfeld was outrageously expensive and I was like couldn't be honest but anyway I read it from the library this story's far too long uh, and I was downstairs and Marks and Spencer I've been sent to get garlic bread and oh, yeah, I literally I literally saw I was queuing and right behind me was Wayne Knight now I guarantee you people that he's he's Newman from Seinfeld um, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you people wouldn't know his name they just know him as the guy from this and Space Jam and Seinfeld and I did I, I vividly remember being in the queue from Axis Fences having to slyly go home to IMDB <laughs> finding his name and I just tur- he's behind me in the queue and I just turned to him I was like hey sorry I- are you Wayne Knight? You look a lot like. Us. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I was like, no way. Oh I was like, I literally, I was like, I literally, I was like, literally earlier on today, I was watching Cypher. I was like, I know you probably get this all the time, but like, I was literally watching it. I was like, you're gas. What, what, what has you here? And he goes, oh, I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. Because I thought he might have been doing a movie. I get a yeah. hot scoop. Um, oh, a hot scoop um, for the pod. Hot scoop for the podcast. I've ever seven seven years later, uh, and I was like, oh, well, how's he here? And he goes, oh, I'm on vacation. And he goes, shh, don't tell anybody. And then walked <laughs> out of the queue. 
And it was the weirdest fucking thing because it was just like he had been spotted. And I like to imagine he just went straight to the airport, got in the flight <laughs> and uh, left the country. But that's, there you go. I, went, I met Wayne Knight. That's pretty cool. I have no um, cool celebrity stories like this. Don't worry, you can pick your next movie if you, if you have anything uh, to do with um, that. I once saw Bill Nye in Fortnite. No, 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 I don't Mason's want to hear about it. Shh, shh, you save that. Okay. Save that for a Bill Nye okay. podcast. Don't be giving the listeners this free content. Like, <laughs> yeah, spread so it out. True. Hey, we next time Lily's on the podcast and it's a Bill Nye movie, just know there's going to be a fairly mediocre story <laughs> in it. Um, so other, ca- I've literally been waiting on podcasts to tell that very boring story. So other than that, uh, there's no one else really popular, like massive in it besides maybe B.D. Wong as Henry Wu. Mm-hmm. He plays a very mm-hmm. small role in this, but he's one of the only kind of characters besides Jeff Goldblum that kind of comes back in the later ones. Yeah. Well, Gary, untrue. Have you not seen behind the scenes? Oh, I know, I know, I know. They're coming back for the new Gary. One. I know they're God. coming back, but like it's just for the. Uh, let's come out Your at the podcast moment. Podcast knowledge. One. I, how dare you? They're off the podcast. <laughs> End of five five episodes no. and done. Um, so I suppose another thing as well is like just the CGI. Like we could talk a bit about the dinosaurs themselves because they themselves well, you're are missing- kind of characters. I was just about to say, you're missing the main character. You're missing the main character, the T-Rex. They edited the story because they were like, the the main character is this Trex guy over here. He needs to be, he needs to be the hero at the end. That's why they changed, originally they shot it and like Dr. Grant like attacked the Velociraptor with a T-Rex skeleton. They were like, no, you know what? We need the real T-Rex. We want the fucking real deal in here. So uh, that's why they changed the ending. We need a 12,000 pound T-Rex to sneak into a museum with no one else knowing, no one else hearing him, oh. no one else, oh she, no one else hearing her, sorry, I always forget, um, and no one else hearing the dinosaur with yeah. no way of entry in, and just the, the, the trek saves the day. Look Gary, what all you I'm going to say is you... that your default, your default choice of male pronouns really is telling, but, um, Look. sorry, uh, the, on... the... what you think I, of the treks? This movie... I love the tracks. The tracks is a mix. All the dinosaurs are a mix of CGI and animatronics. And apparently the rule the rule of thumb is if you see the whole dinosaur, it's CGI. And if you're just looking at a part of it, it's the animatronic. Yeah. Pretty much. And um, did you think the CGI held up? Oh, yeah. Surprisingly. Like, I mean, obviously it's not... It isn't bang on 2021 standards. But I when I go to watch it, I'm expecting it to be worse. Yeah, I think I I think for me it was when we see the the long necked dinosaurs, the bronchosaurus. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about dinosaurs, um, the but bronchiosaurus. bronchosaurus, bronchosaurus. Mm-hmm. When you see them in the daylight, fully CGI, you're just like, but when mm-hmm. you see like the 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 other ones later on, it it kind of gets better. Once it's more wet and more dark, I'm like, this is good CGI. Yeah. Also as well though, I think if you compare it to um, other movies from around the same time and oh other God, things, yeah. the CGI is incredible. Oh, yeah. Also, so I will tell you more about the dinosaurs because I actually know. Tell me more about the bit. dinosaurs. I want to know more about the dinosaurs. Okay, so they were going to use stop motion, right? And your man was working away on his stop motion and his little puppets and stuff. And another guy was like, no, I'm so sorry to these men who pioneered parts of science that I can't remember their names, but they'll get over it. Um, so the guy was like, no, Spielberg, you're going the wrong way. We've got to use this cool new CGI. And Spielberg was like, I do not want my dinosaurs to look like they belong in a Nintendo game. We will not be using the CGI. He said, if you want me to do it, you have to prove it to me. So he made um, the CGI of the T-Rex chasing the other dinosaurs. And yeah. Spielberg and the other guy watched it. The puppet guy, that's an insulting name for him, watched it. And they were both so impressed that that's why they... They then went with CGI. And actually, when they watched it together, when they all watched it together, um, someone was like, to the model guy, he was like, oh, you're out of a job. And he was like, oh, don't you mean extinct? And that made it into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fact um, so much. I love that. also, that some he guy wasn't was out like, of a job, by the way. Just in case yeah, you want a happy say- ending. They used a lot of his work. And, and he did a lot of work with the CGI guys to make like... To make it so good, basically, because they combine the two things together. Have you seen the clip? Uh, I'll, I'll put it in the description of the podcast. But have you seen the clip, clip of them, of the animators running over logs to Im- like to imitate the, mo- <laughs> the, the movement of what the dinosaurs would look yeah. like? It's hilarious. And then one guy trips. And then one guy falls. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined the, so I ruined the punchline so of your story. <laughs> the one guy falls uh, and they're like, in the movie. And did you know that there's the bit where the T-Rex picks up the dinosaur and shakes him? 
Um, yes. He picks up when he's chasing it. He picks it up and he like shakes it like this and throws yeah. it out. So the movements and the sounds are based off one of the guys' um, puppy terrier playing with this teddy. Ah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they used a lot of stuff like that to make like watched animals and birds and stuff. And they just kind of yeah. got lucky in a way. They just had a really good dinosaur expert, like a paleontologist consultant. They're so lucky that we knew nothing about dinosaurs and yeah, didn't know what they but actually. They're lucky they hired the right guy who was like, these are the things that I'm pretty sure are right about dinosaurs. And then he turned out to be right because it's only a while after this movie that we really start to move into like the dinosaurs with our birds and feathered thing. They yeah. were a lot like largely theories at this point and they were just like, they just picked the right ones. Yeah, because like it's, it's weird. What, what kind of stressed me out about the movie was the, was the certainty of the characters where it was like, you know, the hunter guy. Actually, we didn't mention him. Uh, his Muldoon. name is Muldoon, who's actually great in the book, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who plays Muldoon? Oh, Bob Peck uh, plays Robert Muldoon. And so he's this like hunter guy. They bring him on board. He's pretty much like the, he's like the Chris Pratt in this movie in that like he's like trains the dinosaurs and knows their habits and such. Uh, but he makes uh, like this thing where he's just like, yeah, so how a velociraptor would hunt would that he would. Oh no, maybe it's not him. Sorry. It's actually Grant that says it because he remember he terrifies that poor little child that who poor asks kid, one yeah. fucking question. Like Jesus Christ. So there's a whole thing about Grant hating children and hating computers in this. Um, and eventually at the end of the movie, he loves children, but is still impartial to uh to computers <laughs> science and uh, computers not his thing yeah yeah uh but there's one bit where this kid's like oh, i can't remember what, what's the kid say he says something about like disrespectful about dinosaurs he's and, like uh, aren't they meant to be kind of like birds just like big turkeys something something i don't know and then grant just turns around and literally like i can imagine does to this child what a um what a severed limb of sam jackson did to a young lily nolan in that he just scares the absolute bejesus out of this kid. He's like, so what the kid would do? He like turns into like, <laughs> turns into the psychopath. He's just like, yeah, what he would do is hide, hunt you. And he wouldn't, he'd know he's hunting you. And he would like, he wouldn't just, he wouldn't chase you head on. He'd catch you off at the sides. And they'd hunt you like a pack. And they and then he gets out, he gets out this like, um, you know, claw. Velocir- uh, Velociraptor claw. And it's like, he'd cut you here and here. And he doesn't do this deep voice, but this is what I took it as. And he's he's like, not cut fucking you Batman. <laughs> Swear to me! <laughs> Um, but like he does yeah this he really thing. freaks out that poor little kid oh my god it's fucking terrifying but yeah so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool he talks about how velociraptors will like outflank someone and then that happens to like the the Muldoon character at the end but um, it's weird and that, that was the one thing and he I, says, like, I get. says one of the best lines one of the best That's, lines what is it go on when Muldoon clever oh you're a very intelligent little dinosaur did I get that one right <laughs> Oh, you're so we oh, you're, this movie. Oh, you're wicked smart. You're wicked smart. <laughs> when we were watching this last night, we you were wicked smart dinosaur. I, as it was happening, I said it, but I said it so on time with him that we didn't hear the line in the movie, and afterwards I had to check if he had said it. I just looked up from what I was doing, and I just went, "Clever girl." <laughs> Someone, I don't know. Can anyone do fan art? I can literally just have have good will. Actually, that's not gonna do. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get onto. I'm gonna get onto. You know, Jim will paint it. I'm gonna see if he'll do. Uh, Matt, Matt Damon or who is it? No, Ben Affleck's Ben Affleck's character from Goodwill Hunting as a as a dinosaur hunter and being outflanked by a Velociraptor and saying "Wicked smart." Anyway, so. Other science the ultimate things. podcast crossover. There you go. Uh, so other other science things in this, I suppose, other is the whole. What things. was your oh no thing? other dinosaur things? We should go. I have more dinosaur things. The giant T Rex, the um, the Trex. animatronic version, the Trex was incredibly dangerous. They had to have all these mad warnings yeah. and like it kept like if if it fell on you, that was it. You weren't allowed within its vicinity and stuff when it was moving. Mom. Yeah, I saw. I but saw. Um, cool. There was a thing about. There was a thing about. Um, so actually, fun fact about the uh, producer of this is Kathleen Kennedy was the producer. She went on to like um, run Star Wars into the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she, um, she. So yeah, she was a producer of this. She actually worked a lot with Spielberg and Lucas. That's how she ended up um, kind of being put in charge of Star Wars. But she, uh, she literally recalls how 
the T-Rex pretty much because it would be get like would get wet and malfunction sometimes that even when people were offset it would just start to fucking move and I think she goes the T-Rex went into the heebie-pajeebie sometimes and scared the crap out of us we'd all be like eating lunch and all of a sudden the T-Rex would come alive at first we didn't know what was happening and then we realised it was the rain you'd hear people start screaming and be like mm, T-Rex is on <laughs> there you go brilliant that's very good yeah I heard it malfunction a lot in the rain to the point that like if you look closely you'll see that like randomly its tooth falls out and they were like oh we could just never get one back in and uh, apparently no, um, I... um the uh they use like a little miniature version of it to control like that kind of puppetry technique where you move a small version and it moves the very big version to get oh, it to okay. do all those cool That's intricate cool. movements yeah um also they just made shit up about dinosaurs like the they were like you know the one that spits venom they were like it'd be cooler if it had a collar and they gave it a collar and then it just became a thing as you do Mm-hmm. Killing off, killing off Wayne Knight. How dare they? If only if they had they? kept him around, I would have had a better story to fucking tell about how I met Wayne Knight. I was like, oh, you know the star, you know the leading man in all of the Jurassic Park movies. I met him in Marks and Spencer's Dundrum while I was buying garlic bread. <laughs> Marks and Spencer's Dundrum. What a specific. So that means he was like near Dundrum on his vacation. I ju- I, it's wild. It's wa- I can't describe it. How he was there. I don't. Oh my know. god. But anyway, he was undercover. He was on top secret. Yeah, um, maybe that's why he was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any of the but I mean, facts? I don't. Um, the, there's no such thing as a brontosaurus. A paleontologist just. It's not a podcast. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it to rival? <laughs> there's no such thing as a fish. Yeah. Um, a paleontologist just someone had put the wrong skull on the dinosaur he was looking at, and he was like, "I've discovered a whole new dinosaur." Took a while for us to get around that one. Um and. Uh, I don't know. Dinosaurs are meant to have feathers, but we really don't care about that. It seems as that, a as a universe, fe- feathers. Yeah, as feathers. a like as a group of people, i.e., the human race, we've all learned that fact and gone nah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like speaking of evolution and shit like that, I did I did enjoy Obviously. the how it's kind of I suppose set up in this book and then how the other book movies kind of take it further and that like they talk about how they kind of extract the DNA from this mosquito that was stuck in amber and then they can use that to kind of replicate the DNA of dinosaurs and then anything that, that's kind of missing they kind of fill in the blanks um, and this movie kind of sets it up and kind of is fairly like nonchalantly kind of mentions it I know they kind of talk about how so basically a bit in the book that Lily was talking about earlier about how the dinosaurs are able to rep- uh, reproduce, but it's not expected. It's because they're all like manufactured or created as females, um, and it's then what you call it realizes that the the type of frog they splice the DNA yeah. from has the ability to swap genders. So that's how it's able to, um, you know, reproduce in the wild and stuff. Because Grant finds some eggs later on, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's great because then in like in like the Jurassic World, there's the one after that where it's like it takes it to the max where it's like we're gonna give it the the speed of a this and the the agility of a like they just kind of go fucking crazy with it then but i like the other so there's a lot obviously in the book that you say didn't make the cut and there's Mm. another book the lost world so between the two books all the everything that's happened in the books kind of gets featured in the movies at some point like you were saying they go a lot farther with the genetic engineering in the jurassic world movies and they're making this whole point that like you don't know what you are messing with in the jurassic world ones like genetically and that's in this book and also one thing that's in the book, but I think it's in, I think it's in the third movie, correct me if I'm wrong, is the, like all the aviary stuff, like they go on, those kids and Grant in a book, in the book face a harrowing journey to get back. It's not just like one night in the trees and then electrocuted by a fence. It's like nonstop T-Rex hunting them. Yes, oh my God, the birds are getting you me. down the river now. Like it really, um, it's really intense. They, but they use all the great setups in the other movies anyway. So I feel like nothing goes to waste, which is good. But yeah, you're right. They go. Over. And just one other thing to mention about the um, the sort of the how they're all female and stuff like that. It's kind of hinted at when Grant tries to put his seatbelt on at one point, and he just has the two. Um, oh, they're called something. Is it? What they're they call called the, the female ends. Like are they called the female? Uh, is that the, yeah, yeah. So he he that's what's on the helicopter. And he has to tie the two of those together and to book it yeah. in. That's kind of like. Well, Gary, as sexy young Jeff Goldblum in all black tells us. Yeah. Life. Uh, uh, finds a way finds a way um, the only other thing I wanted way. to talk about was um, just on, on, on the brief topic of the DNA uh, cloning mm-hmm. if anyone has a mosquito freshly preserved that has bitten Pierce Brosnan and also is good at like <laughs> DNA splicing because um, I look 
really the only thing I'm trying to do with this podcast is get popular enough so I can have a conversation with pod, uh, with Pierce Brosnan because like look the name of the podcast is slightly misleading because people are reading it wrong when I say reeling in the peers I mean I'm reeling in Pierce Brosnan with a podcast so if I can just clone him instead that would be better so I think like, it w- I'm, that's I think it's important that the public know that your podcast career started with us rewatching all the James Bond movies. Um, well, watching two, we didn't get anywhere near the Pierce Brosnan ones, which great. No, we so. didn't, but we planned on getting near the Pierce Brosnan ones, and it was so set close. up so that we'd maybe be good at it by the time we got to the Pierce Brosnan ones. But we um we only made it through the first. Podcasts two. find a way, Lily. Podcasts find a way. Gary, um, speaking of the the James Bond movies that we did watch, who was James Bond in the movies that we did watch? Uh, it was Sean Nathan Connery. And who was almost considered for the role of, or who was considered and almost had the role of Richard Hammond in this movie? No, Richard Hammond. Jonathan God, you've got Connery. me say. There you go. <laughs> so did you? Uh, so a little known fact: Sean Connery was actually uh, Sean Connery was actually meant to be uh, part of Top Gear. So it was going to be him, Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> and the other guy, Jeremy. Uh, Jer- James May. It's going to be those three guys and Sean Connery would literally just be in the passenger seat whenever the celebrities had to go around the track and he would just completely harass them. Uh, it's John Hammond uh, is the name Thank of you. the Thank you. That's why... Um, but he was supposed to play... Um, he, was, he was considered to play Richard Hammond. Ah, John Hammond, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> We've really got this all confused. But there's some other... There was some but other like, interest, there's some other interesting yeah. people. Have you seen this? That was yeah, Harrison Ford, wasn't he? He was going to be um, Grant? Yeah, or well, like the they, role of Grant. Yeah. And turned it down, and it's uh, as he felt the part wasn't right for him. And then a- after the- seeing the movie, he says that he made the right decision. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, he goes after. It says after seeing the movie, he says that he made the right decision. I'm like, what fucking? And he's like, they made more of them. I don't want to. Wa- I don't want to be in any more movies. In fairness, I want to fly right, by plane. He made the right decision in that he couldn't have been the front of all these franchises. It yeah, I think he'd be great. I think he he definitely comes across that he hates children. I'm so certain he's never <laughs> used a computer before. Like, he'd be great Very in true. this. I'd love it. Like, and like, yeah. it's not like he doesn't hate CGI things. He went on to do that, the call of the wild with that horrifically bad CGI dog. You know what I mean? CGI yeah, dinosaurs, they're yeah. fine. Oh, uh, wouldn't it be great in the movie though? When You know, you know that scene where the kids keep getting into his Jeep? And he's like, get off my Jeep. <laughs> I have another good impression coming up for you, Gary. Oh, I'm excellent. not going to do. Oh, is this the, is this the, the person who might have been Ian Malcolm? The Malcolm. person who might have been Ian Malcolm. Would you like to do an impression and see if the listeners can guess? Oh, righty then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Timothy Carey was supposed to. Was it it was. Ma- he would have been awful. It would have been um, a very yeah. poor casting decision, but uh, still interesting all the same. Uh, he didn't like it wasn't like they were like considering him it was like he auditioned and they were like yeah we're gonna go with no (laughs) 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 oh no it's a dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I don't want to I won't even do it justice but the Jim Carrey life finds a way just wouldn't have hit the same (laughs) I'd imagine he'd do it like a Shatner yeah. Or like I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm. I'm I, I've never done my Jim. I don't really do a Jim Carrey impression, so I'm hesitant to do it. But it just goes. Hold on. Life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. That's good. There you go. Life finds a way. Um. So, do you have any other fun facts about actors? I I know Sadler was meant to play be played by someone else. No, I thought she was his first choice. I have it here. Robin Wright was offered the role, but. Laura Dern was always their first choice. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like I think, like I said up top, the cast are just fantastic. So, I think, I think from the books, I don't really remember anyone being too different, but I know Wayne Knight's Dennis Neardry is like so much more espionage and so much more cooler, I think, in the book. I don't there's think he's a lot so like a bumbling buffoon. Yeah, and he's not just like, oh, I'm going to get the embryos just to make an extra payday. There's a whole thing about, like, competing companies, like, genetics yes. companies willing to pay him lots of money. I and Hammond, that, yeah, sure. Yeah. One of the other things about Hammond is that, like, why and why the park fails is that he pisses off a lot of people by shortchanging them, such mm. as um, such as Nedry by, like, telling him he hasn't done a good enough job and you have to fix all these things and I'm not paying for that, all that kind of stuff. So he's, like, really... Because he has that line he's always saying, like, um, oh, we spared no expense. Spared no yeah. expense, yeah, um, I have another very fun fact about like when they actually were making this. Um, so you know, there's the storm obviously, which is meant to mirror the fact that you can't control nature because like, oh, the storm comes and it's so bad and they they have no way of um, taking care of themselves, the dinosaurs and the kids in this storm. Um, there was an actual storm on that island when they were fil- filming, and they had yeah. to shut down production. And they and were do you like, have the do you have the thing Richard Attenborough said? No. 
So uh, apparently everyone was in the ballroom of this hotel, like hunkering in from this uh, from this storm. And Richard Attenborough went up to bed and fell asleep. And uh, they were like, and he was like, did you go to sleep? And he goes, yeah. I was like, if you, he says like, I can sleep through this if I slept through the Blitz. Because he was like part of like, uh, I think he was in some regiment or I think he was in the Air Force or something like that. But uh, I just like that this, like this yeah. old guy is going around like, I like my ice cream. But he's also like, I've also seen some fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I slept through the Blitz, guys. This is nothing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and they, like, there's some, that's why some of the... It adds to, like, the amazingness of the movie because they, like, went out and got some shots and stuff of the storm where they were and that, like... And, like, some of the sounds and stuff. So it really lent itself to making it really, like, authentic. And um, do you know much about the sounds in this? I know a lot about... I know a chunk about the animal sounds they use in this. I, uh, hold cool. on. I have here that the Tyrannosaurus roar was a combination of dog, penguin, tiger, alligator, and elephant sounds. But yeah. also, that the on-set noise they used was none other than director Steven Spielberg would be <laughs> making... So, he would, like, have, you know, like, those megaphone things that you, like, you see directors use? He would have that. There's a fantastic clip of it online. And he's usually just like... <laughs> and Sam Neill came out and he was like, yeah, the hardest bit of acting in this movie was not to laugh at Steven Spielberg <laughs> making these dinosaur noises. That's brilliant. Uh, I didn't, That's all I, I have didn't know that. I know that they did, like, the guy, they always, the actors talk about, like, they were acting to basically, like, a piece of paper with an X on it, and it was, like, insert dinosaur here later. Um, yeah. So they did that whole, like, getting to see the dinosaurs for the first time, and they really, like, had to think about how people would react to it, and I think I think they did a great job. But, the, um, and, and, and sorry. The scream, the roar of the T-Rexes honestly fantastic like it's it, yeah i don't think maybe i haven't actually just talked about how phenomenal this movie is i feel like i haven't been doing it justice but like things like the the fucking no, t-rex so roar good. is just fu- like i and do you know what? i actually wish it made me a bit sad when i was watching it i was like fuck i'd love to listen to this like i'd love to be in a theater for this i would have loved to have that atmosphere of seeing it for the first time and just hearing that roar it would just be incredible so i went and saw this um Maybe a year before lockdown. I don't know what time is. Maybe a year before lockdown ended. After yeah. I went to Morocco. Oh, did you do the orchestra and, um, thing, did you? Yeah. Ah, yeah. And it it was so good. And the screen was big. And it was like, it was one of, the, it was a great one to go see in that kind of like live orchestra um, vibe. It was really good. Because yeah. I saw this one in Grand Canal. And then a, a little while afterwards, I saw um, A New Hope in the Three Arena. And in Grand mm-hmm. Canal, it was, it was much better. It oh, was really unbelievable. Understood. It's just it just lends itself to that much like to the orchestra much better or something like three arenas too big, and like wherever you were you could see the screen perfectly and yeah. Oh my god, the music it was amazing, amazing. Well, we can talk a bit about but, the score then as well because the score is just... yeah. But just just before we move off animal noises, Gary, you've got the famous ones. You've got um, Velociraptors is the noise of mating tortoises, and they also use a lot of dolphins for when they're communicating. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's lots of like, they just use a mix mash of animal noise to make make everything together. And then they put it to the amazing background of this fantastic score. Do Future you know Gary, if you could that? play some of it right now. Welcome to Jurassic Park. simply fantastic oh like a I mean, cinematic excellence right there i just uh, uh, just all of it i mean and i literally mean all of that consider like, like i that said came Gary, out in 1993 like i said you can't imagine you can't imagine the impact of hearing that live oh. in front of you while you watch the film so okay i do uh, we're just gonna play it one more time oh yeah once more with feeling oh wonderful stuff um, oh, so chills. chills but yeah I've got, it was, I've got it was, uh, John Williams I think the scene um, that's kind of highlighted best is that one where they kind of see the dinosaurs for the first time because it has that like sense of awe and wonder and it just swells and uh, yeah I'm actually quite jealous you saw this uh, like in concert because I'd say it would have been incredible yeah, 
was. And I'm oh, I, I love, love, love this movie and it ignited obviously a love of dinosaurs. I can't believe our listeners don't know because we had this conversation before we started that I put on my dinosaur jumper special. I've got my T-Rex on. Like, mm. right. Simply fantastic. Thanks. I don't rock up to a podcast without committing. That is true. Um, so uh, yeah, another thing I want to talk about is as great as this movie, as as, as ahead of the, as ahead of the times this movie was, there was some hilariously bad like computer shit in it. Go for it. Like I, uh, like I, so there's two things that really come to mind, which is the VR, uh, DNA, um, like configuration stuff so that you see someone with like these VR gloves like manually <laughs> manually shifting DNA <laughs> I don't know if that's yes. how they do it but it just looked funny to see it was like do you know that episode of Community where the Dean like has a VR headset I don't know if you've seen it uh, yes and yeah and he's in the like thing and they have to yeah. like break him out of the world that's yeah. kind of the level yeah. of which this is like and Jesus wept <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> it's really good uh, and then my second favourite bit about computers in this is um they were like, it's like at the end of the movie where the Velociraptors are breaking into a room and uh, Grant and Sadler are like holding off the Velociraptor. Like, you gotta get the park back online. And then and then one of the girls goes, it's a Unix system. And like, yeah. It's like, has to like slowly scroll through all of these folders and it's just like visitor center, gates <laughs> and doors. <laughs> Um, it's just like and it's just like I like to think at the time they were like this girl is like a, she's a computer hacker she's a genius that's it though that's that's like 90s hacking Gary that's it's a like, Unix system like no wonder um, no wonder people are so untrusting of techno. no wonder older people are so untrusting of technology that's their experience of technology it's grand like, uh, that's why grand anyone the dinosaur can find man anything. yeah that is a great scene and, and um, you know like as well one other thing it doesn't date it or anything but like the way the building is made like you know with that clearly it's made of foam and the like gates you know when they're going in the gates and they're like it's made to look like stone but even I know looking at that 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 is just foam but you, um, but you it, know it's what, so though? of the 90s though it's so of the 90s but I, I fucking much prefer that that yes I, like I'm preferred than Jurassic World where the park is just so clearly CGI and it's yeah. CGI people yeah. like I literally feel like I could visit Jurassic Park yeah and yeah oh yeah no- little do our listeners know I've vaguely been to a part of Jurassic Park it's another noise that's Gary's been to a place that's in this movie <laughs> yeah. is this um, Gary's so, trip to America is this Gary's, this Gary's trip to America this is Gary's trip to America um, so this it's a, such a minute fucking place so uh, I know so this this was done by Universal but I know, so when we were in, there's me and fellow podcast guests, David Scanlon and Mark Tutty, uh, were on the Warner Brothers tour and they brought us on the stretch of road that, you know, the T-Rex is chasing Malcolm and he has that line, must go faster, must go faster. Uh, so they bring us on that stretch of road and you think it's going to be maybe like, I don't know, like 200 meters worth of road. It's maybe about 50. And what they would do is they'd literally drive one way, reset, drive another way, reset, drive another way, reset. It was something bad like that, but like, it was cool that just being, like, it doesn't, you wouldn't be able to guess it was from Jurassic Park, but it was kind of cool being like, yeah, ah, this is how they did it. I love that though, like, when you go see anything that's like, actually been in a movie and you're like, mm. oh my god, oh my god. Because on, we went to, um when I was in... Uh, Morocco, there's a few places that are like the actual set of the mummy and stuff. And the whole time shh, I was there, I was like, oh my shh, God, oh my God, it was actually for, done here. Save it for the mummy here. podcast. Don't be giving away, don't be giving Sorry. away free content. So we've save got two things to look forward from Lily Nolan. We've got a Bill, we've, so got a Bill Nighy, we've got a Bill Nighy podcast in the future from Lily Nolan. And we've got a The Mummy podcast as well, where we're going to divulge all of Lily's personal history with yeah. connections with those movies. Don't be giving away, look at this, we're <laughs> like an MCU of podcasts here. We're just leaving a lot of Easter eggs that are very subtly placed and in no way highlighted to an extravagant extent. How can we drop a really subtle Easter egg that the next movie I want to do is Labyrinth? Are you going to, are you just, are you actually just twirling glass balls in your hand the entire time we're recording and the listener doesn't know? <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering when you'd notice I was head to toe as David Bowie and literally had been throwing a baby about three to four feet in the air saying, dance, magic, dance. I thought it was weird, but you know, I know you and I'm not surprised by anything anymore. <laughs> um, okay, what else can we talk about this? What else? Um, what else? Gary, I have... Lily Lone, you've got a thing. How can we not talk about this part of the movie? 
when the, this movie is the reason we have Jar Jar Binks, Gary, because when Lucas saw the movie and he saw the CGI effects, he was like, now I can make my prequels. Misa gonna make Star Wars. Yeah, apparently there's loads of stuff like that that like when people saw this and they were like, oh, CGI isn't terrible if you put some time and effort into it. Yeah, because uh, this was like the first movie that had like proper CGI things in like it because I think CGI before this it would have been yeah because before this it would have been like the Terminator in T2 like it, although like not really a person it's kind of like it, it is clearly like fake I know dinosaurs are but like it's the same thing what? and then the f- uh, yeah sorry I'm so sorry they went extinct and you know a lot of people got a f- actually there's a really funny thing online basically are you telling me the- this wasn't a documentary not in the slightest I'm so sorry Wayne Knight is actually still alive uh, I met him in Dundrum Shopping Centre <laughs> specifically in the Marks and Spencer section um, what were you uh, garlic bread uh, and or G bread as I'm trying to get to catch on nobody's ha- nobody's nobody's happy with G bread but I think G bread can catch on it kind of sounds like um, you're saying by the way bread, for, for really those tuning in this yours. is a documentary on the 1993 movie Jurassic Park and I met Wayne Knight in shopping centre <laughs> located in Dundrum specifically the Sparks and Marks section buying some G bread getting some garlic bread thinking about buying um, some cookies <laughs> who do you see Wayne Knight Wayne Knight but back to my original point um, was that the first fully CGI character was this stained glass window man from Young Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if you've ever seen the clip, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of. So it went from that to real dinosaurs to like like actual three D dinosaurs. That's very cool. Yeah, but like go. like you know how I was saying that um this is why we have Jar Jar Binks. It's also why we have like two thousand and one A Space Odyssey and um even the Lord of the Rings, the Lord Wait, of the Rings Harry Potter. What? No, surely not. Because this came out after 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, then what am I getting it confused with? Are you thinking of... Oh, I'm thinking um, of AI. Oh my God, I'm just getting confused. Another Steven Spielberg movie. (laughs) Yes, yeah, it is. It's another Steven Spielberg movie. But that's why Stanley Kubrick invested in the... That's why I got confused because it was Stanley Kubrick. Ah, yes. Um, That's why we have AI. And it's also then why we have Lord of the Rings and, and Harry Potter and stuff. Because these kind of fantasy worlds that people loved and King Kong, ETC, um... It encouraged, it specifically encouraged Peter Jackson to re-explore his love of all those kind of things and then like decide to remake them in these like new epic fantasy worlds now that, now that he knew there was a reliable um, technology for it, which is pretty, pretty cool. I think yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's, it's honestly one of those movies that has just done so much for just pro- propelling storytelling uh, in the the visual motion picture move uh, absolutely <laughs> medium quite far um, it's 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 very influential um very influential and we can exactly. all only like, hope very to be few a movies fraction before this there's very few movies before this that were able to perfect dinosaur shit as good as this movie exactly oh my god and you know gary you know what this movie leaves it leaves us hanging because they never explain the what's wrong film. no they never explain oh. what's wrong with um the uh, triceratops that Laura Dern finds. They don't explain it. That tri- Triceratops oh. of Six, it's explained in the book. Like, the, it turns out she had been eating the poisonous berries but was spitting them yes. back up. Oh, but anyway. And now, we may never know. But yeah, like I like, like I kind of mis, uh, mistakenly thought where you were going um, just with the, with the shaving foam thing um, was that Spielberg always had kind of set up for a sequel because when Wayne Knight kind of um, steals, basically he puts like a, he, he stores like these dinosaur embryos in this like thing that looks yeah. like a shaving foam can and gets it out uh, by the way we like actually one thing that legit actually scared young gary o'brien was the when that dinosaur like spits on wayne knight and then like kills him in the car to me that was the scariest thing in this movie as a kid i remember just thinking holy shit that's fucking mine you know, I, I know like, i know the joke is that it's samuel Jack- l jackson's arm but it's when the velociraptor jumps out at her from the in the from the wire that was laura dern's scariest moment was apparently yeah. like this bit where that she's is- like legit petrified but that was because the actor was terrified yeah, yeah, that bit is um, my scariest bit. But yeah, so yeah, and then so the, the the shaving can, shaving foam can of these embryos gets like submerged in muck, and we never really see what happens to it. It's like this lingering shot, and that's because Spielberg had always kind of thought it would come back in some way. He didn't know how, but he was like, at least people can kind of like go back to that. So when the new movies kind of got announced, people thought that maybe they were able to start dinosaurs up again because someone had found this shaving foam can and was able to like create more dinosaurs and shit like that it ended up going nowhere but like that was the whole he left it there as like a I like that everyone's like maybe this can't this shaving foam can of dinosaur embryos is how we will restart the park ignoring the fact that the park is full of dinosaurs 
There you go. Well, they could have killed all the dinosaurs like they did in... And there was the second it's... island with all the dinosaurs. You know, they, they, no, they just let them be. They just let them be, Gary. Also, actually, sorry to go all the way back to your shaving can again. I, I can't let the shaving cream foam can thing go, Gary. Do you know that, like, the guy, um, the guy who who gives him who gives the, him the shaving yeah. foam can cream shit thing he like had to go to the shops and find the like most attractive can to use in the film and and he'd been promised to work he'd audition for other roles in the movie as well but didn't get them so they just gave him that little role it's like <laughs> i like i like to think he's playing it's like hi uh, my name is i don't have the actor's names i'd like to play tim murphy's scared little boy <laughs> full adult Oh, uh, you know the scene where Tim and Lex are eating ice cream and um, Tim, they're really scared. They're like eating, yeah, they're eating ice cream in the cafeteria. Same place where uh, Laura yeah. Dern and Richard Attenborough are eating ice cream. The thing, uh, the the painting on the wall behind them is Picasso's Guernica with dinosaurs. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, but... Picasso's um, Guernica is a very famous, like, black and white, kind of grey picture to do with the spanish civil war but they've like mm. put it in dinosaur in the back of the thing they spared no expense if that was if there was ever a location for it to fucking be in it's gonna be in jurassic park Absolutely. oh speaking of jurassic park did you enjoy that on one of the doors it like when they open one of the doors on the jeep there's like a lot of muck on the j and this ick so it just says your ass park <laughs> And there's no way it was a coincidence. Go back and find it. I, I... That's wild. I didn't know that. I, I feel like it was like a disgruntled employee just had a really bad day cleaning up it dinosaur has to be. shit. It's, and he like, was like, uh, maybe, Or maybe I'm just incredibly immature. But I saw your ass park and I was like, that's unreal. You run with it. I just, I'm, yeah. I mean, I know everyone makes fun of the later movies for like how much merch they, and like product placements in it. But I love a bit of Jurassic Park merch. I'm not going to lie. I know I'm wearing a dinosaur jumper. I've always wanted a Jurassic Park t-shirt. Never never found one. Uh, one of these days, I'll get Question. one. Question. Yeah. Would you go to Jurassic Park? And let's I mean, say you don't have to go all the way to Costa Rica. Let's just say they... Let's uh, just say I just go to Costa Rica t- and not Jurassic Park. Well, let, well, let's just say Tato Park falls under and they go like... <laughs> Michal Martin agrees that the new Jurassic Park is going to be placed in um, Ashburn. And they're going to put a lot of fucking dinosaurs there. Would you go? Um, you know, in Jurassic World, that park was functioning for ages, and then they just like mm. took it too far. I'd like to go in the years where it was fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, no, no, it's not worth it. No, couldn't be bothered. Too expensive. Unless they told me, unless they told me, I could bring my own DNA sample of Pierce Brosnan for them to clone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put a little Pierce Brosnan in a, in a little egg. Like that little yeah. velociraptor, and you have to be yeah, there for little Pierce Brosnan to hatch and an imprint like, on you. <laughs> I was like, I've been here for all the pierces that have hatched. Yeah, <laughs> that's just you, and you've got all your little baby Pierce Brosnans. Oh, would you want them to clone you a baby Pierce Brosnan, or do you want them to clone you like um, today Pierce Brosnan? Or do you want to uh, raise a Pierce uh, I'm gonna say 1995 Pierce Brosnan, Golden yeah. Eye Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. So the year you were born, you want Pierce Brosnan from the year you were yeah. born. Yeah. And it's nothing sexual. I just think he's a cool fucking dude. I just yeah. It's like the way Keen loves Tom Hardy. It's mm-hmm. its the same thing as like, Sorry, I just Gary, go. the way Keen loves Tom, Tom Hardy is definitely sexual, but yeah. Yeah, now that I said Pierce it, Brosnan. it is. Like, yeah, because we I, I went to go see Venom. Uh, Keen was literally just like, whenever Tom Hardy did something cool. This Again, for those just tuning in, this is a podcast about the 1993 <laughs> Jurassic Park. But when I went to go see Venom with my... When I went to go see uh, the 2018 movie Venom with uh, a, f- a guy I went to college with, he would literally make weird noises whenever Tom Hardy did something cool. He would literally just oh. be like, oh, 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 jeez. Oh, yeah, depending on what time you tune into this podcast, it's maybe about Jurassic Park or maybe it's about the mummy. Maybe it's about garlic mum- bread. <laughs> maybe it's about... G-bread. It's G-bread. <laughs> maybe it's about uh, Tom Hardy who knows oh way nice we like to keep the kids guessing I do much like much like the fucking much like the dinosaurs and just the general fuckery of the adults in Jurassic Park like the scenes I get I'll talk about it it's like the scene where Grant hates children and decides to torment them by pretending the electric fence has turned back on and he's been electrocuted yeah. in front of these children and that's after they've where... had a rough day as well like he's not yeah. just they've had a rough day before he does that 
And I have this, I have a line here where the, one of the kids goes like, I want to go. And then Grant's like, look at it, eat. And he's just like, they want to go. And he's like, no, no, look at the dinosaur shit. And they're like, kids are covered in muck. They want to go home. He's like, no, 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 shut the fuck up. I want to look at the dinosaurs. Eat. Look at these sexy, sexy dinosaurs. Yeah, maybe, but maybe Grant. That's why he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't like kids because, you know, they remind him that he can't also, have like, dinosaur babies. They definitely make it out that like, they're like kind of a couple in this, Grant and Sadler. Um, are they not? They're not in the book. I, they're not. They're not in the book because I know there's a big age difference between them in the book. Yeah. But there's also kind of an age difference in this because you remember Malcolm was just like, "Oh, is she single?" Yeah, or something yeah. Like that. I know, but it's it's just a bit weird. And then they they like they're together, but they never like make a focus of it or something. Yeah. Which unusual of Hollywood. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. It's just unusual of Hollywood standards at the time. He doesn't like yeah. have to rescue her from something or anything, you know. So it's hard to know mm. if they're a couple or not. Very true. Well, actually, no, that's a good point. That's a great point. You know what I would do with cloned Pierce Brosnan? I would go to Jurassic Park in Ashburn and I would just try, I would just flip a load of the switches. I'd, I'd contact my good old buddy, Wayne Knight. We'd go, I'd go down, I'd go down to Dundrum Shopping Centre. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd get some of that lovely, lovely G-bread they had. Run into him and be like, hey, I'm thinking of going to Jurassic Park over in Mead. Would you mind just like fucking like up the systems? And then I would get cloned Pierce Brosnan to rescue me. And that, ladies and gentlemen... It's the true meaning of Jurassic Park. Well, Gary, that's how we'll know you're together when Pierce Brosnan rescues you. Well, you know what? I think that's a good point for me to end our Jurassic Park fucking podcast. Wait, how many more movies? Is there any other movies I could talk about? Oh my God. Uh, No, I think I've really exhausted all possibilities. Yeah. Don't, please don't do an Emmett and Birdman here and try and name like every fucking movie under the sun, please. And thank you. Uh, But for, for, but for not alone this uh, podcast, but for the other four you've done, I want to say thank you very much for doing it. You've been great. And I very much appreciated you putting up with my bullshittery. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks for having me. This is too much sincerity for a Monday evening, but um, <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been great. And uh, here's to another five. I'm not committing to any more past that apart um, without contract renegotiations. That's fair. Don't worry. My, my lawyer is is uh, is in touch. He also just got eaten by a large dinosaur <laughs> while he was on the toilet, but that's fine. Um, again, Lily, thank you very much. Thank you, Gary. Um, the pleasure was all the dinosaurs. It was always all the dinosaurs. Uh, but also I want to thank uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast, anyone who's listened to any of the others. If you want to know when new ones are coming out, you can follow at Reeling in the Peers on Instagram. You could follow on Spotify. You could subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you left a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Tell your friends, tell your family, but most importantly, tell Pierce Brosnan. I've been Gary O'Brien. This has been Reeling in the Peers. Goodbye. <laughs>